This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike him, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it is Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast presented by our awesome patrons. Patreon.com slash RT Media. You want to see my power rankings. You want to see all the bets we make on the Even Money Podcast. I can even get our guy, Sham, to put the bets we make here so you don't have to write them down. We'll put those up on our private Slack channel for Tuckheads. Patreon.com slash RT Media. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, bunch of podcasts now. Just finished up recording the Power Rankings Tuesday on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Now, we've got the College Draft Podcast, where my guy, Emery Hunt, is the star. you got to follow Emery on Twitter, at FBallGamePlan. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. All of our shows are at Ross Tucker Pod. You can also check him out, Football Game Plan, on YouTube. My YouTube is YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, but Emery's got a zillion followers or subscribers or whatever on YouTube. He's been doing it a long time. Top-notch football content. And then footballgameplan.com slash 2021 draft guide. That is the key to get the best draft guide available. If you've been listening to the show or watching it on YouTube, you know that Emery is legit. Even just today, like the first game we're talking about is – Nevada against San Jose State. And we're talking about offensive tackles for both teams. This is the only draft podcast out there where we will be breaking down offensive tackles from Nevada and San Jose State. So take that. Take that every other college football podcast. Take that every other draft podcast. And by the way, we also give you picks for the games. So this is the podcast that gives you the best of both worlds. Good morning, Emery. How are you? Good morning, Ross. How are you this morning? I am awesome. Let's dive into it. I already brought it up, so let's go. It's Nevada. And, oh, by the way, Emery, big win for your boys last week. Whew. They they tried to give it away, man, but they got it done. And now I think in another week they have a bigger challenge of trying to avenge last uh, couple of weeks ago's loss against Coastal Carolina. So that, that'll be huge. They got over to App State Hump. I can't they beat Coastal Carolina in a rematch game. And listen, Coastal Carolina's offensive line is tremendous, even though they're undersized. But once again, it shows you size is not a skill. So is that confirmed as the Sun Belt championship game? Yeah, I think be, because of the, uh, the how both teams ended up winning and they have the um, the requisite wins to, to face each other. I, yeah, I think App State was the last hurdle for, for both teams, I believe. Got it. And how about Coastal beating BYU, man? That's huge for the Sun Belt. Especially the way they did it, you know, because 
I was one of the believers that BYU would go in there and just lean on them consistently and end up winning the game. And they made a couple of key plays to turn the game, turn the tide. And I mean, what a great stop at the end because that dude was well on his way to going into that end zone. Unbelievable football game. I mean, just incredible. I'm I th- I'm so thankful that those schools got that game together, right? You know, and gave, and gave it a chance to actually happen. Obviously, it's a bummer for BYU, but you had to take that shot. I feel like, and same with Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina doesn't really hurt there. You know, there's like no lose because they're right. still playing the Sun Belt Championship game. So, uh, I think that was kind of a no lose situation for both. I guess you could argue maybe for BYU it wasn't, but. Anyway, uh, so anyway, Nevada and San Jose State. Is San Jose State still undefeated? I think so. I don't know. They, I think they lost one game, but they got a big one last week against uh, Hawaii. You know, they had where they had to switch, you know, home and away. They had to go out there to Hawaii. Not a bad trip to make, and they went out there and won. Right. I believe that they are um, undefeated in the Mountain West, I believe. I think that's what it is. I'm going to look that up. While you are breaking down, first, we will start with Nevada offensive tackle Nate Brown. And Brown was the guy that that played tackle, but they now kicked him inside to guard. He's the right guard. And what you like about him is how he's able to quickly get into a defensive lineman's chest and really dig him out of the run game. So his run blocking is tremendous. And he has really good recognition, so he doesn't get fooled by twists or stunts or Anything like that, he's able to quickly, you know, help out his his center, get a good bump on him, and then jump quickly to the guy that's twisting in his gap. So I like his recognition. I like his ability in the run game, and I like how he's able to easily get to the second level. And, and when you look at what they do well, um, and a reason why Nevada is so strong this year, their guards and a guard combination, they're seniors. And so when you have that level of continuity, that experience – in your battery within your offense, your quarterback is going to be a beneficiary. Your running game is going to be a beneficiary, your running back. And that's what's really driving their offense is that guards in the guard combination. And Brown is a pro prospect on the right side that can see time at tackle if he need, if need be. But I like the fact that he is a, a, a guard at the pro level, and I'm glad he's getting experience this year in playing inside. Yep, I'm with you. By the way, San Jose State, they are undefeated. They are 5-0. and They've only played conference games. Here's the thing, though. They've won every game by at least 10 points. They beat Air Force 17-6, New Mexico 38-21, San Diego State 28-17, UNLV 34-17. Then they had back-to-back no contests against Fresno and Boise. Mm-hmm. And then they just beat Hawaii 35-24. So now they've got this Nevada game and then a real chance, obviously, to be in the Mountain West Conference championship game. So kudos to San Jose State. What a great job they've done. And part of the reason is their offensive tackle, Jack Snyder. What do you think of Jack? He's played left tackle. He's played right tackle. So he has that experience, although I think he's either better suited on the right side or maybe inside as a guard. I think what, you know, arm length will be a question as far as, you know, how he measures and whether or not he could stay at tackle uh, because he tends to let guys get into his chest a little bit too quickly. Um, But in the run game, he's dominant. I mean, he washes guys down. 
he's able to quickly stonewall and, and turn, you know, uh, defensive linemen to where he's creating a lane that, that when they run weak side or if he's helping out to where um, in like a zone, a wide zone scheme, he's able to quickly, you know, uh, reach a guy, turn him and pin him down and get to the second level and, and, and block that way. And, you know, so he's an aggressive, you know, blocker on uh, at the tackle position. But I think as far as pass pro as a left tackle, there are some there are some issues there, uh, some technical issues, but it leads you to think that, OK, maybe he can play on the right side where he can get some help with maybe a tight end or you kick him down inside as a guard and let him still be able to have some success in, in pass pro, but still dominate in the run game. So I do like his ability. And like you said, big reason why they have success out there. And if you look at it, it's a shame that they're undefeated because uh, in this pandemic year, because they're still building their stadium, uh, the, the grandstand on one side. So they wouldn't have been able to have the full amount allotment of fans anyway. But it's a shame that fans are missing this San Jose State team because they're not as dominant of a program historically. So this is a good year for them. And this would have been a great year for the fans to be out there watching. Yeah, it's a good point, Emery. They've been down for so long. Now they can't even be there. It's a shame. They are laying three and a half points against Nevada. You've been very good with your picks. Uh, Your thoughts on San Jose State laying the three and a half against Nevada? It's tough, man, especially when you're talking about a team that's undefeated. But Nevada, I think, is just too talented right now and they're they're firing on all cylinders i know they have the loss but nevada i think is just a better team at this juncture so i'm gonna take nevada in the points here Ooh, interesting okay nevada and the three and a half points all right let's get to unc miami and this is a guy i've heard a lot about in recent years and i it's funny i was talking with tyer tyler the quarterback for Army, who's playing for Army-Navy game on Saturday a couple weeks ago, and he mentioned this guy's name as a guy that is from the 757, the Tidewater region of Virginia, where he's from. And uh, he was very proud of his region, very proud of what he's been doing for them uh, in North Carolina. So it's North Carolina. He's from this... uh, Daz Newsom, 21 years old, receiver from Hampton, Virginia. I've been looking forward to this, to getting your breakdown of Daz Newsom, the UNC receiver. Really good slot receiver, man. And they exclusively play him in a slot. Pro level, you probably could see him maybe as a flanker, but I think you want to kind of keep him in that role as a slot receiver because he's super quick in and out of his breaks, ideally. Um, He has legit acceleration to where he could – Take a slant a long way. We saw that against Wake Forest. We've seen that over the course of time. Uh, you run him on those wheel routes, and he can easily burn past defensive backs. But you want him in space. I think he can, uh, if you want to see him on the outside, maybe as a flanker at the next level, he's going to have to get a little bit stronger, um, you know, thicken out his frame a little bit. He's a little light, even though they say 190. It's probably 185, but he could probably get to 195 and not lose explosiveness and quickness. But he's a slot guy, and he's going to be big in this game because because how dominant he is on the interior, it gives you opportunities on the outside to where those guys will have to really step up because a lot of the focus will be on stopping Newsom. What about for Miami? It is unbelievable. I have lost track 
of how many blades that they have had. Now, Al Blades Jr., okay? Hold on a second. Wasn't Al Blades the son of, like, Brian or Benny Blades? Yeah, exactly. So Hold on a second. Is this Brian or Benny Blades' grandson? That can't be right. Or it could be uncle or, or something like that. It may I'm be looking great. it up because if that's the case, then I'm going to really feel old. Yeah, Al we, Blades Jr. I'm, I'm looking it up, man, because that that would be crazy. Because his, his uncle is Brian Blades. Okay. Because okay. his, his, dad dad was, his dad was Al Blades. Uncles are Benny and Brian. So, okay, that, that makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah, because, I mean, wow, like we are really old if that was the grandson. Uh, but, yeah, his dad was his dad was a good safety, uh, passed away in, a, in that car accident um, after his first season in the, in the NFL. And, you know, his son, to me, could be on a similar track as far as position is concerned. I like his footwork. I like his athleticism. I like his ability to match up. So we probably won't see him versus Daz Newsom in this game. But you could also see a pathway for him maybe being a, a slot corner because of his ability to, to match with his footwork. Uh, but he's a bigger guy, 6 feet, 207, uh, same size as his dad was. His dad ended up being a safety. You can see a pathway for him to be a safety if that's a, uh, if a defensive coordinator wants to put him in that position. Uh, but as a corner, he plays mostly on the field side. So that speaks volumes to his athleticism. Um, so they're matching him up on – their you know, team's best receiver. Just so happens in this game, the best receiver is a slot guy. So it'll be interesting to see if we see that matchup at times. But I do love his, you know, his ability to mirror and match. He's very technically sound. Um, he doesn't really get, you know, beat on double moves or anything like that. He's able to really stay in the hip pocket, turn and run with receivers. Uh, he's able to work through trash if they try to run those crossing routes. So he's able to bubble over and still be in good position to make a play. So I like the technical aspect of Al Blaze Jr.'s game. And I think he's going to have to, and he didn't play last week against Virginia Tech. So um, they're going to get him back in this ball game, which is going to be huge. Um, all right. So Miami is laying two and a half points in this one, Emery. Looking forward to this matchup. Miami, UNC, Miami laying two and a half points. What do you got? This is tough because this is a classic case of we don't know which defense will show up. You know, we know the offense tends to show up, but you know what? I, I can trust North Carolina's receiving core more than I can trust Miami. Miami tends to have a lot of drops. They'll go through a series of games, uh, a series in within the game where the receivers can't catch anything, but we don't see that from North Carolina. We know their offense will come ready to play. We just don't know if their defense will show up. Um, and Miami's defense can – you have to find out the day of the game whether or not they want to play or not. Uh, so I'm going to go North Carolina here and take them in the points. Got it. Emory goes with UNC plus two-and-a-half points on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Speaking of DraftKings, by the way, they're kicking off the season of giving. DraftKings has new promotions and odds boosts every day this week. Football teams are in the hunt to secure their place in the playoffs. College basketball season's going on. We got it all. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new players the chance to earn a sign-up bonus up to $1,000 when signing up using promo code ROSS. Endless ways for you to bet. Make the games more entertaining if you'd like. 
You can just take Emery's picks here on the College Draft Podcast. Go directly to the DraftKings Sportsbook app because that's where we're telling you the lines are from. The best thing is, for those of you that maybe used other things in the past, DraftKings is safe, reliable, secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code ROSS when you sign up and get up to $1,000. That's code ROSS to get a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey or PA only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call one 800 Gambler. All right, Emery, we shall move on. The game I will be calling for Westwood One, the game, Army, Navy, from West Point, Army six and a half point favorites. Let's start with Army linebacker John Radigan, who never really played till this year and has come out of nowhere, Emery, to be awesome this season. Yeah, every time you look up, he's making a game-changing play, man. I, I feel like you know, he's their version of what Troy Reader has been for the Rams. I think he's an inside backer, a guy that can, uh, you know, does a solid job in coverage. I've seen him carry a slot receiver down the seam. You know, I've seen him do that, and I've seen him be impactful in the run game. And and so, obviously, it's going to be all about the run game uh, in this matchup versus Navy. But I think as a pro prospect, and now with the rules change. You know, hopefully it stays that way because we've seen it change, then go back to the old form. Now it changed again to where uh, guys that have a pro, you know, career can, you know, uh, play the pro career and that could be their service uh, as opposed to, you know, doing a two-year commitment before going off to the NFL. So I do think he will have a shot, uh, but he's more of your inside backer. You think about Troy Reader, you think about maybe um, a Blake Martinez, I, I like him more so in, in covers than as a blitzing type back inside backer. So he does have some value at the next level, but I'm interested to see how impactful in the run game, uh, you know, at the point of attack, he's going to be or have to be in this game against Navy. Yeah. So it should be noted, you know, the guy he was behind the last three years, Cole Christensen was a two-time captain and is on the chargers active roster right now. There are two guys from army's defense last year, Elijah Riley and Cole Christensen that are on NFL rosters, I believe, right now. At least they were at some point this season. The thing is, is Radigan was good on special teams before this year. So he's good on special teams, and he's very good in coverage. He has a really nice feel for coverage. He gets his hand on a lot of balls, interceptions, which is more important than the run stuff. Mm -hmm. I think think you're right. I think he's done enough this year that he deserves a shot, Emery. What about... For Navy, their fullback, Nelson Smith. Now, he's the leading rusher, and they use obviously they use a lot of backs because that's what they do. They run the football. But what I like about um, Nelson is the fact that he's the more explosive of the B-backs that they have. So if you are not where you're supposed to be, he has the ability to hit the home run um, because he's, he's 5'9", 213. He's built low to the ground, good compact guy, and, and he has that burst that explosiveness to take advantage. So if they're going to really beat Army, it's going to be on the strength of how quickly he can get to that second level and, and explode and create chunk plays 
in the run game. So I do like his how he's built. He's again low center of gravity, explosive back. Um, he's going to be the player to watch in this one. If if you have a pro uh, future, he's more than um, a guy that you know. He's not your traditional fullback where he's two thirty something like that, but he's more of a guy that you could trust. Yeah, you know, as as a goal line back because of option backs having that you know that extensive experience of running guard to guard uh, inside and you know so they're not shy from contact or afraid of contact when it comes away and bless you by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you know, I'll say this too, Emery. While you watch the game, if everybody watching the game Saturday, I think Army has a pro prospect fullback in Sandon McCoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a good runner, he is an awesome blocker, and he's good in the passing game. He actually reminds me of like a Kyle Juszczyk type. You can move him around a lot. He's outstanding blocking in space. He's good in the passing game. He's a physical, really good short yardage goal line runner. I think people should absolutely consider Santa McCoy a pro prospect as well. Uh Army's favored by six and a half, Emery. Who do you like in this one? Laying those points with Army. When Navy is good, their defense is good. They can match up on the perimeter. They play good alley defense. Um, and they, they fly to the football going east and west. But right now, Navy just is, is not that good defensively. So I think Army will take advantage and get the win by seven points. All right. Uh, last game, we've got a matchup in the American. Cincinnati and Tulsa. Man, Tulsa's good, and they're getting 12 and a half points. That just goes to show you how the Cincinnati Bearcats are regarded by the folks at DraftKings laying 12 and a half. And correct me if I'm wrong, I think are these teams gonna play back to back weeks? <laughs> they they will. So be interesting how much they show each other in this game. That is really interesting. Well, for Cincinnati, they're still trying to go to the college football playoffs. They gotta, they gotta pull out all the stops and win and win convincingly, right? Yeah, they gotta win both games convincingly. But then it could be a gift and a curse because, oh well, if they beat them twice, well, how good is Tulsa? You, you know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a sad situation that they find themselves in. It's a good point, Emery. Really good point. Let's start with Cincinnati safety James Wiggins, former corner turned safety. Really good alley defender. They play him on the short side of the field. So he's still coming back from an ACL injury. So I believe next year we'll get to see the full explosion of athleticism that we saw prior to him suffering the ACL last year in the beginning of 2019. But he has still has those good corner instincts playing safety. So he's able to cover uh, in, in the alley if you want him to be a cover guy. So I like him more as a combo safety. He takes really good angles to the ball, those cornerback angles to the ball. Um, and he's active around the football. So I like him as a combo prospect in this draft. I think he's going to continue to get better because, again, I've had that ACL injury multiple times. He really, It really takes two years to get back the comfort, the confidence, and the explosiveness uh, in that knee and in your, in your speed the second time around as opposed to your, your, your first year coming back from it. Emory, you tore your ACL twice? Once in high school in 96 – and in college, which ended my career, my redshirt freshman year, um, same knee. I didn't know that, man. Yeah, so I, I I have the experience. I was 185 when I tore my ACL in high school. I was playing more of a receiver running back role. Then I gained 30 pounds after the surgery 
And it was like, you know what? You can't be one two fifteen playing receiver. You know, so we're going to put you at running back, which may be a, a unique talent because I had the ability to catch, but also I, I was girthy enough to, to play running back. So it worked out for me. Wow. That's interesting. I didn't know that. And then you tore it again and you were done. I was done. Yeah. Doctors, I couldn't get clearance to go to, to play again. Doctors, I uh, was like, you know, we, you know, your knee is kind of not stable. It's funny when I got there, they were checking my left knee and said, you know, it, you know, this, this knee is loose. It's, you know, it's just tough. It's, and they were like, this is the one you had surgery on, correct? I know it's the right one. They were like, oh, I was like, damn. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I guess I was on borrowed time anyway. So, yeah, really. What about um, Tulsa outside linebacker Xavier Collins? I heard a lot about this dude. All I know is I saw him wreck a dude for Navy last yeah, week. Exactly. He is a physical monster. Everybody likens his game to Anthony Barr, which is a great comp. Um, and he does a great deal of things on both ends of defense. You saw him make a game-ending pick six against Tulane in overtime um, where he just really – robbed the football and brought it all the way back. Just a fluid athlete. You could drop him in coverage. You could see him rush the passer. He's outstanding versus the outside run. He's comfortable playing in space. Um, He's just a freak athlete that is also a fantastic football player. So to me, he's a first-round pick, um, and he's one that's going to test well. But when you see him test well, don't think of him as as a combine guy. Watch the film because of how he plays. He is making impactful, game-changing plays, and that's what you want on your defense, especially within your front seven. Love it. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I've I've watched enough of that dude this year to know he can play. All right, Cincinnati's laying 12-and-a-half. That's a big number against a good Tulsa team, Emery. Yeah, and I'm taking Tulsa in the points here. Not saying that Tulsa can beat Cincinnati, but 12-and-a-half does seem like a lot in a game that definitely means a lot to Cincinnati but means a lot to Tulsa because if they could beat Cincinnati twice, that puts them in the conversation. Hey, maybe we deserve to be in that, in that, in that uh, college football playoff. But I think this will be a tight game, especially because both teams are playing each other the following week. They're not going to show a lot. So they're going to keep this close to the vest and it's going to be a, a, like high school football. Okay. Here's what we do. Well, let's go out there and do what we do well against this team. And then in the second game, we'll see all the crazy adjustments and nuance, uh, in the play calling, but right now it's going to be like high school football, our best versus your best, our best plays versus your best plays, and let's see who wins. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, Cincinnati's going all out. Tulsa, I, I, I'll i be curious to see how they play it. I really will because they want a championship, you know, like they want to win the next week. So that is a fascinating – I think I'd probably lay the points with Cincinnati because I think Cincinnati is going all out, and I'm not sure Tulsa is. I think Tulsa might – hold a couple of things back. So that'll be an awesome game. This was an awesome episode. It always is. Please check out Emery at FBall Game Plan on Twitter, Football Game Plan on YouTube, footballgameplan.com slash 2021 draft guide. Look, this guy knows everything about everything. It's absolutely unbelievable. I don't know anybody that watches more college football tape than Emery. And we've been getting a lot of good feedback from you guys, emails, YouTube comments. We had a guy, Larry Langston, was commenting on YouTube last week. Emory, he knew the uh, Arkansas defensive lineman whose name escaped you, like McKelvin Tim or something like that. Yeah, McKelvin Jim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He remembered that. So I just love it. I love the engagement. People are enjoying the show, enjoying your bets, enjoying the the, uh, prospects. It's awesome. 
But right now, the keg is kicked. We're all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and The Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.